0: What's shakin', Fire Nation? JLD here and this is episode 1830 of EO Fire where I interview entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. Now, you might be hearing something a little different than the normal amazing 10 audio that I usually have. Well, it's because I'm not recording in the EO fire studios right now i'm actually in orlando florida i am and officially in a refugee and i actually looked it up and, and a refugee is somebody that's fleeing from a natural disaster i was the second to last plane to leave puerto rico before hurricane maria devastated our island and it's terrible fire nation let me tell you um hopefully by the time you're hearing this things have really come back but right now there's no power on the island there's pure devastation so Excuse the less than perfect audio because I'm sitting here at an Airbnb in Orlando on my Logitech mic, which is good. Luckily, my guest is in his studio, and he is a podcast phenom, so his audio is going to be a 10 out of 10, and that is Lewis Howes. So, Lewis, are you prepared to ignite, brother?
1: I am always prepared, baby. Let's yes. do it.
0: Lewis is a New York Times best-selling author of the hit book, The School of Greatness. He's a lifestyle entrepreneur. He's a high-performance business coach and a keynote speaker, a former professional football and two-sport All-American. He's a current USA Men's National Handball Team athlete and was recognized by the White House and President Obama as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs in the country under 30. And He has an amazing podcast, Fire Nation, which I have appeared on twice called The a school of greatness so make sure you're tuning in and lewis we never get to talk enough but when we do it's always a blast i love getting out to la so i can just hang out with you and your amazing pad yes. it's fun and you seem to to just continue to produce great pieces of art and this this latest book that you've created the mask of masculinity is is one of those so give us give fire nation a quick synopsis what's this book all about
1: you know my first book, School of Greatness," was really distilling the key principles of all the people I'd interviewed and what made them great in every industry, you know whether it be sports, business relationships, whatever it may be kind of felt like there was these patterns and and after that book, I realized that I still hadn't overcome something I was working on um and really didn't realize what was holding me back from being great in, in all areas of my life, my business relationships and things like that. And that was through my own um, kind of definition of what it meant to be a man and what it meant to be uh, a powerful man. And I grew up with certain beliefs about what masculinity was, what it meant to be a man. And they were very conflicting on one side. I had my sister and my mother teaching me how to be vulnerable and open and loving and supportive. And then on the other side, I was a football player and played all these other sports and just was constantly driven into me to never show emotion and to never show that you're hurt or in pain and to man up and do all these other things. And so I kind of always had these conflicting thoughts and beliefs throughout my relationships, business, sports, of how I was supposed to show up in the world. And so I wanted to to kind of go down the journey of how can men become better men and how can we be better men to our, our male friends, to our family, to our intimate partners, and how can we truly let go of the things that hold us back so we can be successful in business and feel fulfilled, so we can have thriving relationships and feel like they're enough and all these other things that men and all humans go through, and that's what it's about.
0: Lewis, you and I have a lot of things in common, um, but one thing that we definitely have in common is a love of dance. I am a really good dancer. You are a really, really good dancer. I mean, you've actually like, been trained in, in some scenarios to be, to be a dancer, and you just have moves that don't lie and that don't stop and that don't quit. Can real men dance?
1: Absolutely, man. We will make the dance their asses off.
0: <laughs> oh, and Fire Nation! If you follow Lewis on Instagram stories, which you should be, by the way, because it's extraordinary. Um, you had the School of Greatness Summit recently, and wow, let me tell you, there was a lot of dancing going on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. I love to dance, but it took me it took me a while to figure out how to dance because I thought I I couldn't. Right. And it was just practice after practice with great teachers and. You got to throw yourself into it, just like anything, you know, just like people that maybe don't think they can make money on the side or become an entrepreneur. It doesn't just happen overnight. You're not just born with the gift of making money and coming up with great ideas and executing them and and building a business. As you know, it takes time and practice to learn anything new.
0: So I went to this kind of small, tiny country high school in Maine. You know, we had 900 people in our high school, but you know, it was six towns that made up the high school. And let me just tell you, this was Maine. This was the country. Nobody, no guys danced there. You know, people drove pickup trucks and tractors and there was no dancing. But then my sophomore year, a guy from Connecticut who ended up becoming my best friend in high school moved and he just, could dance and he was a great dancer and I was like oh my god guys can dance and from that point forward sophomore year in high school I became in love with dancing I just fell in really? love with dancing and I, I've never stopped since and it's been huge for me you know when I went to college and I was the first guy on the dance floor I was able to make friends through that and like have some fun and just really just enjoy life because men can
1: dance it's okay. I honestly feel like when you, when you can learn how to dance you can have confidence in any area of life when I when I mastered salsa dancing and was able to – I mean, I still have a long way to go to where I want to be as a salsa dancer. But when I was able to be fluent in the art of dance with the top – dancers in the world like and be able to dance with top professional women in the world it changed my perspective on life it changed my ability of how i communicated my level of confidence went through the roof but it wasn't this cocky confidence it was just like yeah i i know i can do anything i don't know i think it was a big fear to feel embarrassed on the dance floor all the time yeah until i did that and now i can go anywhere in the world and find a salsa club and dance with people that I don't know and feel confident about myself even if I don't speak the language I can still feel good about myself so it's a great skill to have.
0: Well, And it's skills that you use in other areas too like I can tell Lewis like when you walk into a room just how you carry yourself Not when you're not dancing yeah. in that moment but you're moving in a way you're flowing through the crowd and you're kind of taking that confidence kind of sway from the salsa and it just kind of embodies this whole overall confidence that you have but the thing that I do have a question about specifically with this book is there have been some other people that have written about this topic already. So what made you decide to add your voice to this mm, conversation?
1: You know, I think uh, vulnerability, masculine vulnerability, um, it's been talked about by Brene Brown and Oprah and Deepak Chopra. They talk about the power of vulnerability. And when we are, when we reveal ourselves to who we are, all of our flaws or just our insecurities, we actually create more connection with other people and more intimacy and more trust when we show that we are not these perfect, uh, unattainable humans to connect to. But when we share our vulnerabilities is actually when we have the most power, from my experience. And I love Oprah and Brene Brown. I just had Brene actually on my, my show last yeah, week. That's and it great. was great. And it was amazing. But the challenge is most I won't say most, but I'll say a lot of men who are like me growing up would never listen to a Brene Brown or an Oprah. The the, the general jock sports guy um, who kind of grew up the way I did would just never even would laugh about it if someone said, hey, you should watch this TED Talk on Vulnerability by Brene Brown. They would make fun of it. They would laugh about it. They would brush it off. They would never even embrace it because they would think that was weak. That was soft. And that's not what a man is. So I think the reason why Uh, The reason why I wanted to do this, one, is because it was scary for me to continue to open up and reveal certain things that I was ashamed of in my past that I've been talking about, letting go of. And uh, the more I talk about it, the actually less it has power over me and the more I feel comfortable with everything in my past. And uh, I, I feel like I can just be myself when people know more about me. That's number one. Number two. I don't see any jock white athlete successful, like financially successful men talking about this subject. Yeah. And my vision is to really be a catalyst for people. I'm not coming from a place of like, I have the answers, but I interviewed a lot of people that I feel like are way more credible and do have the answers. And through that process, I'm kind of revealing all my shortcomings of them as a man. Um, to to hopefully connect with people about how they can let go of stuff that doesn't work for them so they can create bigger and better results in their life and my goal is you know hopefully some men will start to listen some men will start to read it and hear a little bit because maybe they'll be able to relate to me and hopefully women will, will will um buy it and give it to their men as well so that's my my vision
0: it's a great vision. And one thing that I've recognized over and over again, Fire Nation, having interviewed over 1,800 entrepreneurs is that you know we recognize the fact that there are people that have been out there that have done great works of art, great content, production, whatever it might be, written great books. But your audience wants to hear from you. I mean – let's rewind back to 2013 like what if I was like well Cliff Ravenscraft already teaches podcasting I'm not gonna create yeah. podcasters paradise you know now fast forward 3,000 members four million dollars <laughs> in revenue like people wanted to learn from me my audience and guess what six months uh, three months ago Pat Flynn launched a podcasting course yeah, and he, he, did. he reached out to me first because we're close friends he's like John is there gonna be a problem with this because you know I don't want to to challenge our friendship I'm like Pat like your audience wants to hear from you create this podcast Yep. Podcasting course, get it out to the world, and he, he's crushing it with it. And he's guess crushing what? Crushing it, right? I'm still crushing it. And guess what? Cliff is still crushing it. Like, there's abundance, this there's abundance. of abundance. Yeah. And that's why yeah. Lewis, like, his, getting his voice out there about masculinity is so critical. And this kind of does all get back, Lewis, to fear. And you and I both talk about this a lot in our respective podcasts about how it's part of the entrepreneurial journey. It's just part of being a human—is is to, to be nervous and to fear and to have doubts. Yeah. What part of writing this book specifically scared you the most?
1: You know, in my last book, I started opening up about kind of like the uh, the abuse, the sexual abuse, the trauma, the things like that towards right. the end, end of my book. And I started doing that more in my podcast years ago. So I felt like I kind of was like, OK, what are all the other things that I'm ashamed of that I you know, what are all the masks that I've worn as a man that really hurt people when I put them on? and that didn't support my business or my business partnerships or my intimate relationships or my my family relationships? What are those things that I've done for years that I'm ashamed of and guilty of? So it's kind of like, first off, revealing all of it in one place and just saying, like, I suck as a man. You know, it's kind of like... (laughs) It was kind of just like, well, here's another example of how i uh, fell short Here's another example of how I sucked here's another example, and so it's like each chapter I tried to use myself as the example in a different time of my life of where I fell short of really creating re- uh, powerful loving results in the world that was that was one of the fears the second the second fear is really you know, who am I to talk about these things? And I'm already kind of getting backlash from a lot of the, let's say, uh, radical feminist groups of, uh, without them even looking into reading anything, they're just like white male privilege. You have no clue. You never went through anything hard in your life. You Mm -hmm. have no, you have no right to like share any of this stuff. White male privilege is like all I'm hearing from this whole group of women. Um, so that's hard to, you know, anytime when someone puts themselves out there in a vulnerable way, it's hard when someone won't even at least give them a, a chance to listen to something or read a, a page and, and just see what's available for them. So that's challenging, but I understand where they're coming from. And so it's, it's okay. What I'm really grateful for is. Like, even though I have a lot of kind of just negativity already around it, so many of the female leaders, uh, in this space, like Brene Brown, Gabby Bernstein, uh, Glennon Doyle, the ones actually creating this movement have endorsed and supported it. And they're like shouting from the rooftops. So for me, you know, it's all evening out and balancing out and, uh, I'm more, you know, I think my fear is that, you know, I'm gonna get attacked and people aren't gonna, you know, understand me and all these other things. But I'm actually I've kinda of gotten through that already in the last month and a half from it already happening and and the book's not even out yet. And I'm kind of actually glad because what it's doing is it's just starting a conversation, which I think we need to have more conversations around humanity topics uh how to become better humans you know i wrote this book for for men to learn how we can become better men in the world and then i realized that wow women are actually probably going to read this more than men Because it's actually teaching every woman how to understand why men are the way they are, why they wear specific masks and at specific times in their life. And so I started sharing uh, exercises and examples for women on how to understand and see it in the moment when their man, their boyfriend, their husband, their father, brother is wearing the mask and how to get them to take it off without making them wrong. And I realized like, wow, this is actually going to be like the secret code for women to understanding men. And connecting to them on the Oof. deepest levels possible. And I was like, it may be more of a book for women than men at the end of the day. I have no clue what it's gonna what's gonna do for people. Wow. Scope.
0: That's exciting. That's a cool revelation. And yeah. guess guess what, Fire Nation? Lewis not writing this book would be him staying in his comfort zone. And guess exactly. what? Exactly. All the magic happens outside of your comfort zone. All the magic. So, Lewis is getting outside of his comfort zone and he's going to be making magic with this book. That's the key. That's the key. <laughs> so, Lewis, I'm sure Fire Nation is assuming that since you and I are such good friends, you know, we're going to be hanging out in Puerto Rico in a couple of weeks here. If everything is able to be fixed on that island, you're coming to speak at Puerto mm. Rico Masterminds, which is going to be amazing. So, I'm excited to welcome you yes. to my island. I mean, we're great friends. So, I'm sure that they're assuming I'm just going to lob you softballs this entire interview. But guess what? Perfect. It's not going to happen. <laughs> (laughs) Perfect. Almost half of Fire Nation are female. So I have to ask this question. You only have two interviews, I think, with women in this book. Why didn't you focus more on their perspective of masculinity?
1: I think I have maybe more than two, but maybe you're right. I have to double check that. But um, I interviewed a few uh, psychiatrists and psychologists who were female um, and – to really get their perspective from research and from, you know, kind of this research background of decades of them working with young boys, teen boys, adult men. um, So I could really have more of a, uh, a clearer backing as opposed to just, well, this is my opinion. You know, it's like, no, here's the research. Now I interviewed men to be examples in each chapter of a man who wears a specific mask. And I did that, because I feel like, again, initially going into the journey, this was for me and my self-discovery and for all men. Right. And then I realized, okay, I needed to – and then I started interviewing trans people. You know, I started interviewing transgender uh, athletes and drag queens. And I just was like, I wanted to learn more. I interviewed gender nonconforming people that um, they don't – consider themselves men or women and i just wanted to learn more about this as i was kind of going down the rabbit hole i was like wow i'm so ignorant to this whole topic of gender in general um so you know i think it just started to evolve over time and uh there's so much more i'd love to to go down the rabbit hole with but i had a deadline and wanted to make sure i packaged it together and and completed the book in time so um but there's a lot more interviews that i did that are going to be coming out later on my podcast that didn't make it in the book from women.
0: Well, maybe the mask of femininity is going to be a future book. Oh, for yes. You. That would be outside yes. of the comfort zone, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: Fire Nation value bombs have been dropped. More coming up when we get back from thanking our sponsors. Time is one of your most precious resources and finding the perfect hire can result in you having more time to focus on your mission and goals. But what about the time it takes to find that perfect hire? That's why there's ZipRecruiter. With Zip Recruiter, you can post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes. In fact, that's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you, it finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Post your job on ZipRecruiter Recruiter for free. That's right, for free. Visit ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. And one more time, Fire Nation, to try it for free, go to ziprecruiter.com slash fire. If you're not much of a designer, but are looking for ideas for your next logo, website design, or even new business cards, then Design Crowd can help. Design Crowd gives you access to over 550,000 creative minds from around the world who will help you come up with your next design. Plus Design Crowd makes it super simple. All you have to do is submit your brief and then designers will begin submitting quality designs for you to review, provide some constructive feedback and you can quickly generate multiple designs that you love and that fit your needs. Why pay expensive fees and wait weeks for an agency to pitch an idea when you can have exactly what you need within just three days? Design Crowd is so confident. If you don't like any of the submitted designs, they'll give you your money back. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer for Fire Nation. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D.com slash fire. So, Lewis, we're back, and I want to just right hook right, right off the bat here. Which mask has been the hardest for you to take off as an individual?
1: Um, well, it depends on... Time of my life that we're talking about, but I would say if I was going to be talking about in the last couple of years, I would say the aggression mask. I think my entire life has been uh, challenging for me to be not defensive when I feel attacked, whether it be physical attacks from sports or in life, whether it be kind of uh, emotional attacks, verbal attacks. You know, when someone attacks me online. Um, or attacking my manhood or my intelligence, or whatever it may be, I have a tendency and a trigger to get easily reactive when I feel attacked and over the last couple of years, through this process, I've been able to have you know create better habits and, and practices in place tools to where I'm not reacting as quickly and it's really helped me to have those tools and habits in place. But it's still a challenge. Like even still today, like last week, I got really reactive and and upset about things. And it's just like when I reflect on it at the end of the day, I realize like, wow, that doesn't support me. When I have that mask on of aggressiveness, it doesn't support the moment. It doesn't get me bigger results. It doesn't help me with my relationships it doesn't support me. It supports me in feeling protected. It supports me in feeling like, you know, I'm going to defend myself and defend my worth and my manhood in the moment. But afterwards, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. And I feel like I let myself down. So that's one of the things right now is the aggression, the aggressive mask.
0: So it's interesting how you describe that because I read a fascinating book recently called The Chimp Paradox and it talks about that so much where, you know, our brains have evolved as, as Homo sapiens over the years, but we still have like this initial cortex in our brain that our initial reaction is, is to you know, protect ourselves is for survival. So we have yeah. this gut reaction of like, okay, where am I being attacked? Where is the harm? How do I protect myself from that? But then you follow that by saying, upon reflection, that's the that's the human, that's the Homo sapien mm-hmm. brain. That when we actually give it a chance. So for me, what I really took away from that book, which was powerful, which was is you know, of course I'm going to react negative. I mean, defen- <laughs> defensively and try to protect myself. Uh, when I first get attacked by something whether it be verbal or physical or something because that's why we're still alive as human beings like that's the survival instincts. but I need to try to get to that reflection point as quick as possible you know to get there to actually think about okay why did that happen and like what's the reality here now that I can think about as a human being so Mm -hmm. great great uh, feedback on that Lewis as far as like how you're going through that process because for me like that's something that I'm struggling with as well and that's what men struggle with, and, and through this um, research that you've been doing, and you've been really kind of diving deep and down this rabbit hole, what has been the most destructive uh, mask that you've seen that men seem to wear?
1: Um, I would say, I mean, I think they're all destructive in their own right, but I think the most common that I see is the material mask. Right now, is you know, with social media and everyone. Posting their fancy houses and watches and lifestyle and the thirty thousand
0: dollar millionaire.
1: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Their private jets or whatever they're they're taking photos in front of. It's creating this sense of oh, I'm worthy when I have this type of money and this type of fancy things or whatever it may be. And so it kind of creates this desire for so many men to say, oh, in order to be like this rock star, this rapper, this athlete, this whatever billionaire CEO who's got it all, I need to make a lot of money and I need to be flashy with it. And I need to show people how, how worthy of a man that I am by having this money and posting about it. Now, for me, you know, me and you, we love money. You know, we're, we want to make as yeah. much money as we possibly can. And I think there's a. Um, and we're also documenting our lifestyle with what we do. So I think there's a there's a dance and an art and, and a way to do it to, to share your life with your audience if you have an audience and you're looking to promote your personal brand, but also do it with some tact and with some class um so it's not just like every day posting about the like rolex that you wear or about the ferrari you drive or whatever it may be or the fake stuff that you don't even have that you're just pretending to have um because you're taking photos in front of it so that's one thing is the material mask i think a lot of like young millennials are trapped in this thing of like well once i have the money then I'm going to get the girl and I need to get more money so I can get more girls as well. So the material mask, the sexual mask is also something I think a lot of guys face, which is a challenge. One I think is, um, just in our DNA to to kind of be driven that way for, for a lot of men, I believe it's just kind of in them to be the testosterone. It's just like, it drives your body. The chemicals in your body just drive you. When you see something, an attractive woman it drives you in ways that it's hard to just say you know what i don't need that right now i don't want that right now you know i'm good with the one relationship that i have and i'm going to be happy and satisfied in this one relationship and uh you know i'm not going to go conquer all the women in the world mentality so i think it's a challenge and again with social media and options the sexual mask is a challenge for a lot of men as well um but those are a couple, you know, and then I think also the stoic mask Ooh. is one that that I think women talk about a lot is the men that show no emotion. The men that don't open up, they never share their vulnerabilities. They never share what's on their mind, really. Um, they always feel like they're hiding something. Um, those are the ones you got to be afraid of the most, I think, because when we bottle up our emotions and we show no emotion um, – at some point, it's going to come out in ways of cancer that we're doing to ourselves. We're creating this disease within ourselves because it's just a bottle up. Or we're going to go and, you know, freaking shoot up a whole church because we've just like finally let go of all of our rage at one point and it just kind of bottles up and explodes. So I think those are the ones you want to be uh, aware of the most is when someone is unable to share anything or unable to be vulnerable at all or show any emotion whatsoever. Like be worried about that person, <laughs> even if they even if they seem calm and quiet, like uh, just be aware. So those are a few
0: big time. And you know, again for La Femme Fire Nation, I, I want to bring it back to the ladies and ask you: Do women wear any of these masks?
1: Oh, they wear all of them. Yeah, women wear women. You know, it's funny because this as women are starting to read the book early copies, I'm like, you know you wear these masks as well women wear uh, stoic masks they wear material masks that you know they're wearing sexual masks they're aggressive and uh, they're wearing these different things as well and they have their own masks uh, separate of what men wear but i think it's these are human masks I was just trying to learn from the male perspective, since men commit more suicide than women. Men, uh, one in six men have been sexually abused, and yet they have no outlet, uh, and it's not safe to share to share about these things. Like it is uh, safer to share with women. They have more support groups around these things. So there's these challenges that men face. Obviously, men have a lot of advantages in society right now as well. So I'm not trying to say like, you know. Woe is the man because – but there are challenges that men face and the pressures and the weight they face as well that I think it's important for men to understand it and for women to understand it so they can have deeper, more meaningful relationships with all human beings.
0: So, Lewis, I know you have Dan Millman coming into the studio soon. You're going to have a great interview with him, no doubt. And by the way, Fire Nation, Way of the Peaceful Warrior, Dan Millman's book, is is incredible. I interviewed him on my podcast some time ago. And... Great book, great dude. So definitely follow up and see uh, this interview that Lewis is going to be doing with him. So Lewis, that was just kind of my way of saying, let me know when you need to go because we've taken up a lot of your time here. Yeah,
1: I got got about seven more minutes. Oh, sweet.
0: Because I really want to ask this question. Um, You interviewed so many well-known men. Um, What surprised you the most while interviewing these well-known men about their definition of masculinity?
1: I was – I was grateful to hear a lot of the responses because I wasn't sure what I was going to get. And so many of the men that I interviewed um, made me really proud of of them because a lot of them came back. to I would ask them, you know, what's what does it mean to be a, a great man and what's the definition of masculinity? And so many of them came back with a similar answer. About service, and a lot of them were like, you know, to be a great man is to to be a man of service, and to live in service, to give back to humanity, to to make a contribution to your family, your community, the world, and um, and to be loving, open powerful men. And I was like so impressed that a lot of these men, and maybe it's because a lot of the men I'm, I'm attracting, who knows? But a lot of these men from all walks of life talked about being in service and it made me realize like, yes, that's what it means to be, you know, a, a man today. And I think a human being should be about service, not just a, a female, male, gender nonconforming topic, but this is what we should all be striving for is to live a life of service and to give back. And it doesn't mean we have to give back to the whole world and try to change the world, but just like Imagine going about your day-to-day. There might be one person that you walk by who might be going through a challenging time. And you can be in service by just simply smiling at them. And that could literally change the trajectory of their day by smiling at someone. Being in service uh, uh, when you're around other human beings can be as simple as that. So, for me, that's what was uh, really cool to see the answers. That's
0: so cool. Now, Lewis, you did say that there's going to be a lot of ladies that read this book. So, what can they do to support their men in taking off the men mask of masculinity?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, at the end of each chapter, I give a section for women. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Because I realized as I was writing this, I was like, huh, I was writing it for men and then I was writing men how they can remove the mask and still and still feel safe, protected, powerful, um, and all the things that men want to feel while, without having this layer of protection, this fake layer of protection. And then I was like, huh, women could really benefit from understanding how to not make men wrong by doing the things they're doing. So if a man in your life is upsetting you because he's constantly focused on money or he's constantly aggressive or he's constantly not showing his emotions or he's constantly doing one of these masks. The worst thing you can do is make them wrong for it because the man is going to want to keep that mask on and protect themselves because he's going to say, my woman or the woman in my life who's doing this doesn't get me, doesn't understand me, will never understand me. So I'm going to keep the mask, the wall up and protect myself. So, Um, for women, we give exercises on things they can say, things they can do to get men to disarm the mask without them making, without making them wrong, uh, so that you can actually have an intimate conversation with, or a more open conversation with and, and progress in that relationship or that conversation. So there's less conflict between you. So there's more understanding, more love and more harmony. And that's what women can expect.
0: Okay, to close things strong, The Mask of Masculinity, what is the one thing that you want men to understand about this book that you know is going to motivate the crap out of them to read it?
1: If you want to make the most money, if you want to have the most successful business, if you want to have the most powerfully intimate and sexual relationship with your partner, if you want to have the biggest impact in the world that you can possibly have – then this book is for you. It's designed to help you achieve everything you've ever wanted at the highest levels. And it's going to show you exactly the things that are holding you back in order to make that happen.
0: And where is the best place that Fire Nation can go to make this happen?
1: Masculinity.com.
0: Fire Nation, you heard it from Lewis Howes. This is a book that I know man woman, whoever you are listening out there, this has got to be on your 2017 or very latest early 2018. <laughs> yeah. list. So let's make this happen, Fire Nation. And Lewis, thank you again for sharing your journey, for being open, for being vulnerable with us, Fire Nation. For that brother, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Love you, man. Thank you.
0: Time is one of your most precious resources and finding the perfect hire can result in you having more time to focus on your mission and goals, but what about the time it takes to find that perfect hire? That's why there's ZipRecruiter. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by growing businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Post your job on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just visit ZipRecruiter.com
1: slash fire.